Welcome to the Jeff Gross Podcast. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes. All right. Welcome, everyone. We have a very special treat today. This is a friend of mine, someone who I actually played college soccer with 15 plus years ago. So, and I can't really say I played. I was more on the bench. Brad was the All-American superstar, you know, whatever. But here we are uh, back again. Number 92 podcast, Brad Gazan. Brad, how's it going? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me, man. It's great to catch up. Yes, it is. Uh, it is. I'm, I'm, this is exciting. So I, as we mentioned, we haven't talked in a while um, other than just a casual message here and there. So, you know, congrats on your family. Congrats on your career so far. And I know you're still going strong. Um, I, I want to uh, kind of dive in just from the beginning uh, with your career. So when did you start playing soccer, football for those out there, the Europeans and the rest of the world in America? When did you start playing as a kid? For sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I started at a young age. I'm, I'm the youngest of, of three. I've got two older brothers. And so a lot of time was spent just dragging me to, to their sporting, you know, their sports games, their their practices and whatnot. And I fell in love with the game at, at a young age. I was probably three or four years old. And um, yeah, I, I was you know, in love with it right from the start. I loved running around. It helped that I was, I, I, I always seemed to be one of the, the bigger, if not the biggest kid out there in terms right. of height. And, and so that part helped. Um, but yeah, I, I fell in love with the game at an early age and, uh, I was very, very fortunate without, you know, throughout my career in terms of the steps that I've taken, that the opportunities that have presented themselves to, to myself and, and to, to help me along. So there have been a, a lot of people along the way. Um, and so, like I said, I've been very grateful and appreciative of, of all those people that have helped me. That's awesome. And were you, were you always the goalkeeper or did you play in the field some? Because you had pretty good touch. I mean, I've heard some people are referencing in the, the Twitter chat. I think grew up with you. You, used to, you have some foot skills as well, which is a little unusual for, for goalies. Maybe not nowadays, right? Goalies have gotten so good. and, and For sure. Level, but uh, what was your position growing up? Yeah, I mean, I didn't start, you know, I didn't start playing as a solely as a goalkeeper until I went to college. And and I, you know, I played as an outfield player growing up, uh, you know, in the south suburbs, southwest suburbs of Chicago. Um, and so, you know, I played as a as a probably like a holding midfielder, you'd, you'd classify it as in, in today's soccer world. But um, eventually it, it, you know, my skill level kind of ran out and, 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 it was capped probably in the, the high school days and the, the late the, the late years of club soccer and to play at the next level in, in terms of college. I knew I was going to have to make a transition to, to being just a goalkeeper. You know, that's not to say I didn't train as a goalkeeper. I trained as a goalkeeper um, on the days that my club team wasn't training. So if my, my club team was trained on Tuesdays and Thursdays, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I would train as a goalkeeper. Um, I did ODP, which back in the day, uh, was pretty big when, when I was growing up. And so I was a part of the, uh, yeah, definitely. I was part of the ODP program and, uh, I know the youth setup has changed a lot in, in today's soccer world. Um, but you know, I was very fortunate to make the, the state team, uh, at the ODP level and, and was able to open up some doors and have some people see me through, through that, uh, that platform in terms of my goalkeeping skills. And, I was lucky enough to uh, to be invited at the end of my high school career. I was invited to to ESP, which was a uh, you know a, a camp that some of the top top players, top club players uh, in the country would go to. And I had probably the best week of uh, the best week of, of training and playing in those games. And all of a sudden, you know, my uh, the, the phone and, and letters from colleges started coming in, and and being a Chicago guy, I wanted to go somewhere warm, and in South Carolina was was the next step in terms of the journey, and and that's obviously where where our paths crossed. Yeah, no, I, I got I got remember this. I had I had a couple other trades. Nice. I think you remember. I think this was from our year year, maybe my first year. For sure, uh, for sure, so very cool. cool. How how did you choose? Um, I do want to talk a bit about club soccer, but how did you choose South Carolina? Because I same thing. I'm from Michigan. I played in the Michigan Wolves. I believe you were Chicago yep. Magic. Two yep. of the two of the. I'm sure you guys battled uh, at that age with, with the within the region. Uh, how did you choose there? Because it's so random for me as well. Sort of similar what you're saying about the weather, just kind of random. But out of all the schools, I think it was the last one I looked at. Burson, Mark Burson, who's just. Uh, I mean, he's just around forever. I think it's his either last season or still here. I forget. And the COVID's kind of crazy, but he's he's been around since day one there. Um, did he recruit you directly? And and how did you choose South Carolina out of all the schools in the country to play soccer? 
Yeah. Um, you know, I was, I was, again, I was very fortunate and, and I had some other schools lined up. I had taken a couple other visits. Um, and, and ultimately after that visit to South Carolina, um, again, I wanted to go somewhere warm playing, playing indoor soccer, my, my elbows, my, my hips diving on, you know, the old school artificial turf. That's basically laid on top of concrete. Um, my body was saying, right, we're, we're ready for some warmer, warmer weather. And so South Carolina was, was where I ended up and, and, you know, I had spoken to obviously Burson, uh, but at the time I was speaking with, with Paul McDonough, who funny enough, you know, I guess it, it all comes full circle because he was here in Atlanta United when I came back from Europe, but we, we can get down, uh, we can, we can get to that part, uh, later, later in the, the show. But, um, you know, he had recruited me. Um, I had, I'd spoken to some people that I had trusted in terms of the soccer world back in Chicago. And, um, and yeah, I, I knew it was a program that, um, played at a high level. They had produced uh, the likes of Clint Mathis, um, Josh Wolf, Henry Ring, who was a goalkeeper. And, and so, um, I knew I was going to be in, in good hands with, with, with Paul, with the goalkeeping coach, um, Don Hakala as well. You know, I've been able to work with him on a day in day out basis. So that part made it quite easy. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. I mean, I think I would imagine it played in your decision on playing time. You probably I don't know if you assumed you would go get drafted or leave so early because you left after your sophomore year. But I think was that part of your decision that you wanted to play right away? You want to go to college where you could start? Um, I mean, yeah, I, I wanted to go somewhere where I was going to be able to, to compete and, and learn. And, and funny enough, my freshman year, um, going into that freshman year, there were, there were two upperclassmen and probably a couple of days before the, you know, the, basically the preseason was, was getting started. Um, for, for one reason or another, we, we don't need to get into the specifics of, of why, but they were released off the team. And, and all of a sudden I found myself as the only goalkeeper. And so, Wow. In some aspect, I fell into a lucky situation. Um, and so, yeah, I was, I was handed the keys and, and I was going to be the guy I was going to play. And, um, you know, luckily for me, I had a good freshman year. Um, that summer after my freshman year, I went back to Chicago. I played PDL for, for the Chicago Fire Reserves. And, you know, our team, we, I think our entire team that summer, um, our first 11 were, were all drafted the following year. And, um, and so then going back into my sophomore year, I knew that come the winter that I would have an opportunity to go to, to major league soccer. If, if I stayed healthy, played well. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it, it all worked out. The stars aligned. And, and after that, uh, that fresh, you know, the sophomore fall season, um, I, uh, I, I entered the MLS, uh, super draft. And so, yeah, so you got, I know you got drafted number two in the MLS super draft. Could you explain a little different? What does that mean? Was it, was it the regular draft or what is a super draft versus a draft? Yeah. To be honest with you, I, I don't think there's much of a difference. I, I think that's just the name that they, they, they give it. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's, it's just the draft for, for college kids. Again, that has changed so much now with so many kids being tied to academies tied to, to certain MLS clubs, even when they're in college in different parts of the country. Um, and so it doesn't carry, I think the same amount of weight as it probably did back then. But, um, but yeah, I was, I was, we were sitting in the, in the uh, convention center in Baltimore and, um, you know, that was the first year of Chivas USA, uh, and, and was selected with the second pick, uh, Thomas Rongen, who had been a youth national team coach, um, when I was a kid growing up, I'd never been a part of his national teams, but he was now the head coach of, of Chivas USA out in LA. And, um, that's where, uh, the, the next step of the career had taken me. Is it, it was it the two, it was a 2007 MLS super draft or six, 2005. Oh, is it? Oh, so, oh, so, so, but you actually, you, oh yeah, no, that's right. Okay. I was looking, I was thinking, I think that, it was Oh five. Right. Yeah. Cause you were all, that makes sense. Uh, and the, and the player, cricked ahead of you um what what about what's what was his deal is he so out? he no so he he was a he, were you the were you the real number one then no nah, he uh he was a youth national team player um from the under 17 national team and and the head coach of, of real salt lake at the time it was their first year in the league as well um and the head coach of salt lake was he had just left being the under 17 national team coach to go to go into major league soccer and so um he had known Nicholas Bassanio from, from youth national team days. 
they had selected him. Thomas had selected myself and um, yeah, it all worked out. It's very, very, it's very exciting. So, but to clarify, you knew then you knew you were being drafted, like in your sophomore season, you were already, that was drafted or no, or you knew you were. No, like- no, no. I, I, I knew there was a, the, the possibility. I knew there was interest from the league. I knew that there was talks, um, going on and, and I had to stay healthy. I had to have a good year. Um, but I knew that there was interest. And, and so, you know, you can never let that get you know, play too, too heavily on your mind in terms of your performances, you know, in the present and in the, in the now. And so I, I, I just wanted to go out and compete, continue to get better. And, um, and yeah, I, I was able to, to do that and, and put myself available for selection. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty crazy, man, to look it back. I mean, looking through your career, I, I have some notes and a ton of questions, ton of, ton of, uh, fun, fun journey. You've been with the U S men's national team. You've played at the highest level. I've been, I think you were goalkeeper of the year in MLS in 2007 or eight, eight was it? You were, you were the keep goalkeeper of the, of the MLS. Is that right? I, I don't remember which year, but yeah, I was, I had, at, some, at some point. Okay, it, it's somewhere you've done stuff. You've won multiple <laughs> things. Like how does that feel though, when you were playing in the MLS and you kind of, you know, you're, you're doing well, things are going good. Did you, cause I mean, listen, the MLS, and this is a question I just want to ask now. So we make sure we have time. Where is youth U S soccer, uh, today versus where it was when you came in and regarded in the world is has it closed the gap a lot or is it still like European is so much higher because you know I, I know back then like Europeans the ultimate right I mean it's just so yeah much of, of course no of course I mean listen European soccer is is still the the top of the ladder and and to say the the league in itself Major League Soccer as a league has has grown in leaps and bounds and to 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 have started my career professional career in this league to go to Europe, to experience Europe for England in the Premier League for nine years, to then come back and see where the league is, um, to be a part of the national team for, for so many years. I'm very lucky in that aspect. Um, and so to see the growth of the game in this country, it's phenomenal. I mean, we still have- and, and now there are the, there are the academies and that, you know, Michigan Wolves, where I, my key team and Vardar from Michigan, I think I would imagine it's soccer's and magic. I don't know, or maybe they have more in, in, in uh, Chicago. I mean, it seems like they're taking more of a European approach with these academies, these youth teams, they're feeding the MLS. It's getting more of a European sort of system in place. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah. And, and even like the MLS teams now that are investing so much into their academies, whether it be under eights, nines, tens, these kids are now tied to these MLS teams at such young ages. Yeah, it's it's uh it's very cool. And so was that ultimately when you signed with MLS, I mean, second overall pick, you get drafted, you then win uh the keeper of the year, I believe it was the following year, the within the two first two years in the league, you, you get that accolade. Was it were you getting contacted throughout the season right away? Was Europe on your radar or was this like when they contacted you, was it sort of like out of nowhere and you're like, wow, or, or did you know it was kind of coming? I mean, I've, I, you know, it's funny you ask that when I was in high school, I'd done an interview with a local newspaper and they had, they had asked me the question, what my ultimate goal was and, and in the paper. And the only reason I know about this is because one of my, one of my college teammates, uh, high school teammates, uh, a few years later had sent, sent me this picture with, with a quote. And, and basically I had said, you know, my ultimate dream is to play for a European club, um, you know, being over in England or, or in Europe in general, and just experiencing what soccer over there is like. And so I always knew that that was, that was the, the ultimate dream. Um, whether, whether you get to live that dream or, or, you know, experience that is, is, remains to be seen, especially as you're a young pro. Um, but fortunately for me, I was able to, to get that opportunity and, and I jumped at it with both hands. Yeah. And, and, uh, tell me how that was. Cause you have a, I believe, uh, you have two sons and a daughter you're married Correct. and was your, is your wife from high school? Even I remember in college. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been yeah, high, high, yeah, high school sweethearts and, and we had moved over there and it was just the two of us. And she's been obviously phenomenal in terms of the support she's given me. And, you know, it's not always easy. And, and, and listen, everyone, there's, there's certainly um, a glamour side to professional sports, but sometimes it's, it's difficult on family. It's difficult on spouses. Um, and so she was phenomenal in terms of the support she gave me to, to go over there and, and ultimately, you know, going over there with me and, and, you know, it's scary for her just because she's, she's putting her life on, on hold a little bit. And, um, so that I, I'm forever grateful, but both of, uh, our oldest two, uh, our oldest two kids were both born over there. Um, my son, who's now five, my daughter, who's three. Um, and we now have, a another son who's who 
14 months, but born here in Atlanta. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it's, it's been a journey. And, and, uh, tell me what that was like going over there. So you get, I mean, how, how excited are you get contacted? Was there other European clubs in, involved or was it pretty much Aston Villa that said they, they made an offer and, and locked you up? How did, how did that work? Cause I mean, that has to be the dream. Like you said, it is the goal, the dream you go play. It, it's a different level. It's a premiership versus MLS at that time, even still, but then even more so probably how, how pumped were you? And like, were you nervous? Was it like excited? What, what was the feeling? Yeah, I mean, a little bit of nerves, of course, but just pure excitement. Um, you know, there were there were one or two other teams that were that were talking, um, and and ultimately, I had gone in the January uh, transfer window, but I didn't meet the requirements for a work permit. Was denied a work permit. Had to go back to had to go back to L.A. Had to go back to Chivas, <clears throat> and the the manager at the time, Martin O'Neill, had said, "Don't worry, we'll come back in for you in the summer," but. In the back of my mind, I also realized that they're dealing with, you know, that I'm dealing with a, a Premier League club that they can select any player from around the world that that cost isn't an issue that they can go and get someone now that will will meet that requirement. Um, <clears throat> but uh, that was in the summer of 2008, and I was in Beijing for the Olympics at, that summer, and, and I had received the phone call. Um, while it was probably like two or three in the morning, but I had received a phone call from the club secretary from, from Aston Villa saying, congratulations, you've, you've received the work permit and, and now the contract and everything can go through. So straight after the Olympics, I was on a plane to, to go to England and, and, and start, uh, start training with Villa. Very cool. Yeah, I, I was uh, I was there in Beijing. We could have we could have caught up then. Well, we'll just for sure. Here. And um, that that's amazing, man. That's so that so that's exciting. You go there and give me an idea of what is it like because I, I the thing I could equate it most to what I would guess is like uh, a well, European player coming to the NBA. You know, it's sort of like it's an NBA. It's a, yep. it's an American sport. There, it's European sport. You know, you got the top players from all over the world. The U.S. not really included. I mean, you know, now there's Pulsic, there's uh, Reina, I believe. There's a few other guys that are kind of getting sprinkled in and having some success. You know, Freddie do was sort of during my I play growing up against him and you know sort of like the American hero of soccer they said they were you got a lot of hype a lot of expectations didn't really you know I mean he was around for a while he played but he didn't really hit that like you know you know big big bar so when you go over there are they kind of looking at you like hey you're American or I mean it's goalie it's a little different than a skill position and, and I say that with the most respect, right? It's not like a, <laughs> and I, I, I shouldn't say it like that because it is, I mean, you know what I mean? It's, yes, it's, for sure. How do they, how do they, how, do they bring you in like one of their own? Are they kind of like people are kind of, can you tell like, it's like you got to prove yourself or did you feel right a part of the team right away? No, I felt I, I was lucky, you know, being an American goalkeeper, there's been a long line of American goalkeepers that have gone over to the Premier League and have been, been successful. So um, I, I was lucky in that aspect. And then, you know, there was a, another American goalkeeper there that they had signed that summer as well. Brad Friedel, someone who had, who had played, you know, 400, 500, you know, plus games in the Premier League. Um, and so I had him to kind of take me under his wing a little bit. And and so, yeah, I, I, I fit, I fit in. And in terms of the locker room banter and, and, and the off the field stuff, uh, there were, there were two guys that night in Nigel Rio Coker that, that looked after me and, you know, the three of us really hung out together. That's and so I, I, know, yeah. I know Nigel very well. Um, actually I've hung out with them in, in the UK several times. Cause I might, well, you know, IO obviously. Yeah. You know yeah. 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 IO and Nigel and then Anton. And Ferdinand Anton. Yeah. I used to go over there for games, um, and a fair amount with IO shout out to IO Sam Bursky. I think it was for sure. Mac and his slap. Those, that was your class. You guys had a, a world-class class freshman year and sophomore year. You guys at South Carolina, but, um, yeah, Nigel, that's crazy. I didn't know. I didn't, I forgot he was on that team during that time then. Right. Cause he's, yeah. No, yeah. definitely, definitely. He's he's a good dude, man. He uh, still still speak to him and his family, his wife, and he's he's got two girls down in Florida, and yeah. So we uh, we uh, I've been lucky to be able to stay close to him. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a small world, and so that's uh, that's pretty sweet. I, I just remember I remember going over there. I mean, it was like you know those guys were twenty twenty one. Nigel was a captain of West Ham, and Anton yep. was there, the younger brother of Real Ferdinand. These guys are you know they're out at the club spending thirty forty thousand pounds a night. I was a I was a sophomore in college with Io, just <laughs> looking around like wait, you know it was, it was two to one right the pound to the dollar right so right they're like trying to survive, get a plane ticket, and they're in there you know riding their Bentleys and partying, and it was uh, a <laughs> wild wild times. But um, for yeah, sure. That's crazy. So, okay. So you're there, you're part of the team, you fit in. And I, you know what I mean by skill position? It's sort of like a kicker no, of course, on of an course. NFL team, like gets sort of like a, it's a different position, but it ultimately maybe the most important piece. I mean, if you look at kickers in the NFL, they score the most points. 
overall, like field goals, extra points, scoring four, four, whatever. And in goalies, if you, if you don't have a good goalie, if you don't have a really good goalie, it's hard to be a world-class team. You know, you have to, you have to have that. Um, and, and there have been some amazing, amazing keepers. Who do you look up to the most? Who are some of the keepers you think are the greatest of all time um, that that you would give that, that rating to? No, I mean, I think when I was growing up as a kid, it, you know, being being an American, being here in the States, there there weren't tons of games, especially European games on TV. And and so I'd be lucky if I was able to catch like the last five, 10 minutes of, of the Champions League games. And obviously Bayern Munich during that time when I was a kid was was huge. And and so seeing somebody like Oliver Kahn and how he played the position in terms of his fearlessness, his aggressiveness, um, you know, and just somebody that looked like he had a, a little crazy in his head. Um, that was somebody that I, I admired in terms of how he played the game, how he played the position. Um, and, and someone you try to base your game off of a little bit. And, and I've been very lucky throughout my career to, to work with world-class goalkeepers. I mean, from, from everywhere I've gone, be it with the national team from Casey Keller, Brad Friedel, Tim Howard, and then Shea Given. um, you know, goalkeepers that are, that are top, top, you know, hugely respected in, in the world of, of, of football, in the world of soccer. And so I've been very lucky to be able to, to pick their guy, you know, their heads and their brains about the position and, and just about the sport in general. Yeah. And I, I think it's, uh, it, you know, at the highest level athletics, um, really anything, it's, it's so mental. Do you have a mental coach? Do you have a mental ritual? Do you meditate? Like what are some of the preparations that you do on game day, uh, before game days? Cause it is a, you know, it's a lot of pressure. It is you're the ultimately, you know, guys on the field are playing, passing someone, there's strikers that score you, everyone has their role, but you know, it's not fun. You get scored on or you let in a, a, a goal. You feel like you should have saved, or it looks like you should have saved. You know, it can be, it can be very, uh, a lot of pressure. How, how do you deal with that? Do you do, you do some work with that? Do you have coaches? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think you have to, you have to understand in terms of the bigger picture, but at the same time, like you said, it, you know, being a part, uh, being a goalkeeper and, and part of a team, um, you know, people talk about the goalkeepers union and, and whether, you know, there's three or four goalies per team, only one of you is going to play, but there's a, there's a camaraderie amongst ourselves that it's almost like a team within a team. And you've got to be able to deal with adversity. You've got to be able to deal with the, the difficult struggles that come with the position because ultimately when you make a mistake more times than not, the ball ends up in the back of the net. And, and as we know, the premier league is, is such a high level that, you know, the, 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 the difference in terms of the games and the quality, if, if that mistake is down to you, that's certainly not a good feeling. And so you, you've got to have a, a short memory when it comes to mistakes, when it comes to good things as well. You know, you, you can't get too high, you can't get too low and you've got to try to keep uh, an, an even, an even head about how you approach training, how you approach games um, and always be thinking at the next play, the next, the next game. Absolutely. And do you, looking back on, on your time there, uh, you, I know you've had over 50 caps, maybe 60 some now with the U.S. men's national team. Um, what, but in terms of Aston Villa during that that eight, nine year stretch, were you on contract? Like initially was it like a one year because it's kind of hard to you move over there. You want to get like a house. You want to have you're building a family. You know, was it like, all right, I'm going to get a house and make my nest? Or did you kind of feel it out until you got a, a longer term deal? Because it could any time it turns over all the time, professional athletes, and especially at the highest level. Um, how, how are you able to sort of deal with that? Yeah, I mean, you know, in terms of, you know, how the, the contract structure, of course, when you go over there, you signed, a, you know, I think my first my first contract was probably a four year contract. Um, so you have the security, but at the same time, you know, again, the, the financials for these clubs, it's, it's, it's not a big deal in terms of somebody makes a mistake, not a problem. We go out and buy somebody else. You know, it's, it's, it was never about the money. It was never about the financial part of it. It was all about trying to perform and improve myself, you know, being an American carrying that, that weight in terms of representing our country in, in the, the, the soccer elite, uh, amongst the soccer elite. Um, that was something I I didn't want to, I didn't want to fail. I didn't want to let down uh, anyone back home. And, and I knew that um, it was going to be hard. It, it was going to be a lot of hard work day in and day out, but it was something that I knew would be worth it. And, and I wanted to continue to push myself. And, you know, yes, you, you want to build a family. We were lucky, you know, lucky enough to be able to do that, um, you know, being over there. And, and we literally, we settled into the to, to, to English lifestyle, quite easily. Uh, I think if there's any country outside of the United States, 
Um, England is is probably it that's closest to to the U.S. in terms of just you know the the daily life of of what to expect. They speak the language. You can get certain American foods and and little things at the grocery store that that make it feel like home. Um, so that part off the field was was pretty easy to transition into. Very yeah, very cool. That's true. You could go to to the Syria or you go to Bundesliga or some other place. It's it's going to be different, and the language barrier could be definitely could be more tricky as well. But yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. And what about agent? Did you did you do everything on your own? Did you ha- did do you have an agent? Did you have an agent? What's that like for um for 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 your career? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's important to, to to have an agent. You know, I've I've always had one. Uh, it hasn't always been the same one um, for for one reason or the other. Um, but at the same time, I, I think you 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 certainly need one. They they know the ropes. I mean, as you get older and, and later in your career, I've I've got friends that have have passed on on agents and they end up doing deals themselves. Um, but for me, that's not something that I want to necessarily worry about. I want to be able to, to focus on training and focus on playing. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think it's, especially in the world that we're, we're in now in terms of being able to, to have relationships across the entire world uh, in, in different countries, different continents. Um, you, you never really know where your next move might be. And so you've, you, you need to have someone in your corner that's going to go to bat for you. Absolutely. Okay. Very, yeah, that's, that's interesting. That, that makes sense. Um, what, what do you feel right now is the highlight of your career up to this, this, this point? I, I do want to just point out something that's pretty cool. Cause you know, I, I did see a note that in the 2009 peace cup uh, that I believe Aston Villa won. I, I don't know exactly the, the teams that competed, but I, I think you guys won that you were, and you won every game. You were the goalkeeper for one game that, you didn't play, you lost. It was like an opening round, but you won the whole competition. And then mistake me if I'm wrong, the, was it the finals penalty kicks? And you stopped Del Piero uh, in the penalty kicks. I mean, cause Del Piero, that's like, you know, he's one of the, he's up there on the, you know, growing up is like the guy, right? Like he For was sure. a national team, like big as it gets, a big household worldwide name. And here you are, you know, as a kid, you're in your backyard, you grow up, you're doing saving penalty kicks. And all of a sudden now you're, you're winning. <laughs> tournaments and stuff in del piero it's kind of surreal is that i mean is that up there in your your highlights or what is the biggest highlight to to be be honest i i I almost forgot about that um i mean let me let me well let me let me say this the the peace cup is like a preseason tournament and so yes it you know we're 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 playing in this competition we're playing in this tournament any chance to win a trophy you want to win it of course um and and yes you know we're we're in a penalty shootout the final game goes to penalties. Okay. Del Piero steps up. Um, I, you know, I'm not even thinking I'm just kind of in the zone. I'm like this young kid wanting to prove myself to my team and, and be able to be counted on from, from that aspect. Um, he ends up going down the middle. I probably end up freezing myself and I stand there. I, I, I save the penalty and I give like a fist pump and I'm like, yeah, like, obviously totally in the zone and he's probably looking at me like who the hell is this this guy you know like all right relax guy it's a preseason tournament like calm down you know with everything that he's done in his career but obviously it was a was a huge moment for me personally but also from a, a team standpoint so it was cool to be a part of that I, I would say that the the greatest accomplishment so far for for me would would certainly be being able to, to be selected and, and represent our country. Um, you know, when you put that jersey on, when when you when you pull that that crest on top of your heart um, to, to represent our country in, in major tournaments, I've been very lucky. And, and I still remember my my debut uh, down in, in Frisco, Texas. Um, I, I was a, a bag of nerves and, and, you know, I don't think I've, I'd ever been that nervous for a game. And, and so um just to, to, to represent the United States and on the world stage, uh, a dream come true for, for any kid. And, and I do have to bring it up just because I, 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 uh, I, it's hard to understand, but like the, so the, the U S has had a pretty, you know, gone to the world cup, had some pretty good results in the last two, you know, say 20 years, there's been some, some runs, some wins. Um, U S has always been kind of an underdog in terms of the, the scope, you know, the, the last world cup Pulsic is like emerging people are pretty excited. The U S was like a 97 or I don't know, even know, 93, 98% favorite, something crazy to win on the last day. They had to lose to what Trinidad and Tobago and two other games had to get a, a result perfectly. So almost impossible. And the USA doesn't make the world cup. How devastating was that as a, 
for, for, you know, being a part of the national team program for so long. I don't even know if, were you during that campaign or, you know, how unlucky is that? How do you think America is going to rebound? Um, and, and how, what's your feeling on that whole situation, which was pretty unfortunate. No, I mean, it was, it was devastating. Um, you know, plain and simple wasn't good enough. And, and we're a country that, as I said earlier, right, we, we have progressed, we've grown as a league, we've grown as a country. Um, our national team certainly has grown. Um, and, and to not qualify for, for the World Cup, um, it, it, was, it was devastating for, for us that were, was a part of that group. Um, obviously for the fans, for the entire country, it was, it was terrible. Uh, and, and there's, there's no other way to put it. Um, and, and what I will say is on the back of that, now we've started to see quite a few young players start to emerge, um, and, and continue now to, to move that bar forward with, with performances in, in national team games, whether it be friendlies or, or nations league games. Um, but also, now you're starting to see these individuals that are moving, as you mentioned, Christian, um, Tyler Adams, uh, Reyna, Weston McKinney, you know, Ser- Serginho Dest is, uh, I think today he's probably going to be unveiled uh, as a Barcelona player um, who just moved from Ajax. So American players are, are, are leaving their footprint in, in Europe and, and not just going to be a part or, or be a squad player, but, but are really going in. And, and being a part of, of a first 11 of, of major, major European clubs. Yeah, no, it's, it is exciting. It does feel like it's sort of uh, different. You know, it does feel like it's not just for like sure. one maybe guy. There's a lot of, there's a, there is a footprint. Uh, wh- what's your prediction for, will the USA win a World Cup in our lifetime? Will it be in the next 10 years? Like when, when do you feel USA will be one of the elite, elite teams where it's like, all right, you know, they're, uh, they're right there with the, with the powerhouses in the world. Do you, do you well, 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 I hope first and foremost, it's definitely in our lifetime. I mean, that would be the most unbelievable experience ever. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I, again, when you go into these competitions, anything can happen. You certainly need a little bit of luck. You need obviously skill. You need to have a good team. Um, you know, we've, we've been fortunate that, you know, in, in past world cups, we've been able to get out of the group advance. Um, and, and now it's about finding what it takes to, to move on to that next round and, and the round after that. And so, um, I think the the possibilities are there and, and now it's just about trying to, to seize those moments. But I mean, that, that's such a difficult question to, to try and answer in terms of the specifics. Um, I, I just hope it's certainly in my lifetime. And, and like I said, to be able to, to see that would be phenomenal. And, and it, for sure. No, I, I think uh, it's, is it fair to say though, that the, the, the levels getting increased as well, because in the past, you know, the, the greatest athletes, you got LeBron James right now. And, you know, look at the best players in the sports that are, that are the best athletes in the world are playing in America. These sports, you know, if LeBron James was, was running full speed at you as a, as a soccer player, it'd probably be pretty scary. Um, you know, it's something like for that, for example, is that, is that fair to say? Cause I mean, I think we have the best, some of the best athletes in the world, but they're not necessarily playing, playing the sport that we, uh, that we do, or we did. So, uh, well, you know, what, what do you think on that? Is there, is there some of that, that because we're sharing it with NFL, MLB, NHL, the best athletes that, that that's sort of been part of the problem or is that just what it is? And- no, I think, I think, I think that actually helps Americans. I think you're now, you're starting to, you, you automatically, you, you have these athletes that are our kids and guys and, and girls that are able to, to play in their athletic, they're strong, they're quick, they're fast. Um, but then on top of it, you're, you're adding the soccer brains, you're adding these, these academies that clubs are creating and putting, putting younger players in environments where it's, it's soccer, 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 and they're able to read things, understand the game better, um, and ultimately develop it in a better, in a better way. And, um, ultimately make them better players. And, and as they become better players, they're, they're naturally going to help the league grow, help, you know, the national team grow. So that part is encouraging. I, I mean, I, I think, you know, soccer in itself is, like I said, it, it's it's improved and leaps and bounds over the last 10, 15, 20 years. And I think it's only going to continue to get stronger. Um, and as it gets stronger, I, I think you're going to start to see our national team continue to to get better and better as well. Absolutely. And I do want to cover, so Atlanta, Atlanta United, your team, 
that you're with now. You guys won the MLS. You won a MLS last year. Was it because the, there's the regular season or the, the overall league, and then there's a cup? Is it the cup you guys won, or what was it? Yeah, so the MLS Cup. So there's like a, a regular season, and then from the regular season, similar to to any. Um, any you know any sports league in the U.S. We we love yep. a playoff situation, a playoff scenario. So, um, yeah, we 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 had a, a fantastic team, um, and to then go on to to win MLS Cup, uh, you know, in our in our second that, year, yeah. So to in our second year to to be able to achieve that and and bring a championship to the city of Atlanta to to see the support that we get from our fans inside Mercedes Benz. You know, we we average over 50, 50, 60,000 a game, um, obviously, because of COVID right now that uh, that's that's, you know, that's not it's not happening. But at the same time, um, you know, to see uh, to, to see the support from the city, to, to see the support from our fans and then to be able to give them a championship, um, you know, that's that's certainly up there with one of my with one of my proudest moments, uh, you know, as professional athletes you play the game to win trophies and, and to be able to win an MLS cup. Um, fa- fantastic to be able to give that to the city of Atlanta. Yeah, it's uh, it, it is pretty amazing. I mean, I see that's a really big following as well. I mean, it's a great sign to see these MLS clubs are, you know, a million followers on here and a lot of engagement, very passionate. And Atlanta is uh, not a, not a city. I would think is like a hotbed for soccer. I mean, obviously a major city, but it makes sense. Uh, is that something that, you know, it was one of the expansion teams. How many MLS teams are there? 25 or four now? I mean, it's, it's almost like full, it's growing. seems very fast. No, for sure. For sure. And again, I don't think anybody, anybody thought that Atlanta would be what it is in terms of the support. And, you know, when Arthur Blank, our, our owner who owns the Falcons, um, when he when he started Atlanta United and said, I want to put a soccer team in the city, I don't think anybody could could predict the outcome that that has now happened. And 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 I think that's a testament to his vision. Uh, it's a testament to his commitment, uh, but it's a testament to the city of Atlanta and, and all of our supporters. I mean, you know, soccer in the southeast. Um, you know, we, we, we don't really have anything down here. And, and so then to, to see fans travel from Tennessee, from South Carolina, North Carolina, um, from Alabama, from Florida to, to come to our games, um, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's really cool. I know I, my home base where I spend a good part of the year is down in Miami and they also Beckham. I know their club got yeah. launched and kind of strange, like the Las Vegas uh, Raiders too, like the, you know, brand new team, brand new thing in their stadiums, like start opening game. There's no one in there. It's a little bit of anticlimactic, but it's, it is the case with COVID and, and, and what's happening in the world. But I mean, that's a, uh, uh, it just seems like the MLS is strong. I love this, how they bring these power, these, these absolute legends of the game, Thierry Henry. And, you know, you can name a dozen, you know, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, these guys coming over, right. It's like, it's very exciting. That's sort of like these guys are making this part of their, uh, journey towards the, the end of their careers. And it just seems like the, the level from the youth to the, the veterans that are coming in and then the core is just very strong. And the, the level of play, I think uh, it would be great to see the MLS get the same respect as you know, the, what, one of the, what would you, I mean, I, where would you rank the order of the leagues? Like the Premiership, Bundesliga, Syria, how do you rank them in the world? And is MLS right behind there? Like where, where is in the pecking order currently? Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly think you probably have you know, the Premier League, Bundesliga, Serie A, La Liga. Um, but then after that, I, I think you could start to put um, MLS, Major League Soccer, certainly in, in the mix and, and in the discussion because um, you look at the not only the quality of player that that we're getting from Europe, but that we're producing first and foremost here in the United States. And then on top of that, the amount of South Americans that, that come to play in our league and use it as a – as a launch pad to, to ultimately go to Europe, you know, someone like Miguel Almiron, who, who obviously was, was huge for us in Atlanta United um, to sell him. I think we sold him to Newcastle for, for 25 million or, or $20 million. Um, you know, that's a, that's a huge fee. And, and that's great for the league to be able to, to see his progress over such a short amount of time to come to Atlanta, to be so dominant in the league, and then ultimately get a huge move to a top premier league club. Um, you know, I, I want to say top Premier League club, but I would say a, a big Premier League club in terms of following and support. But yeah. uh, to see him go to Newcastle United and, and now be playing in the Premier League, that's that's what you want to see. 
Yeah, that, that's amazing. And what what about for you personally? You're 36, freshly. Happy birthday! I know uh, September Appreciate 9th, it. right? Yeah, so yeah. Celebrate. We're getting up there, man. The, the years fly. But, uh, <laughs> but what goalies can Tim Howard? How old is he? Where is he playing at the moment? Or how old is he? Is he like 42 or three or? No, he's. I want to say he's. I think he just turned forty. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Hope, hopefully, have a, a few more years left left in the tank. You know, I feel good. I look after my body. Um, you know, but at the same time, you know, you 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 don't want to just be hanging around and 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 realize like, hey, listen, the 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 ship sailed and and I'm just stuck here now. Um, so at the same time, you know, like I said, I, 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 I think about it. I look at that, but I don't look at it too closely. You know, I'm in the present, I'm in the now, um, I'm excited to be a part of Atlanta United. And, and I, I certainly think, like I said, I, I not only have a, a few years left in me in the short term, but, but hopefully a few more after that. And, and is that, I mean, I think you've been so immersed. It's been such a big part of your life. Are you, would, would you be interested in doing coaching or is there, so what, what, what do you see after once, you know, you do, you do hang up the, the cap for, for, uh, for playing when, what do you, what do you anticipate to do? Do you want to be involved in the game still? Yeah, I, I definitely want to be involved in the game. The game has given, you know, myself and my family so much, um, you know, I'm, I'm extremely appreciative of, of what this game has has done not only for, for me and my family, but in terms of just life and, and the lessons that it can teach, you know, kids, it can teach um, adults. Um, and so the experiences that I've had traveling the world, playing this game, I want to be involved in the game. You know what that is specifically. I, I'm not exactly sure. You sound like my, my wife asking me what, uh, what the plan is after, after the playing days are over. But um, like I said, I, I don't have a specific answer at the, at the time, but I'm sure something will come to me. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, I do also got to ask, cause again, this is, so you have to understand, I, I know we haven't caught up in, in a while. I, this is primarily my audience is like poker audience. I've gotten into podcasting. There are some, some people outside of poker and this is a treat to catch up, get to talk uh, as well, but give me a little bit of um, the poker. Do you, do you play ever? Do your teammates play like in the premiership? What, what were guys playing on the, on the plane and the buses? Like what, 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 uh, what's your poker, um, um, appetite these days? Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, we just got out of a bubble. We just got out of a bubble in Orlando when, when, you know, we, in the month of July, we were there. Um, and so there were a few, there were a few poker, poker nights and, um, I think I, I won one or two hands. So that part was good. Listen, I, I enjoy the game. I, I definitely enjoy the, the competitiveness and, and being able to read people and or at least try to, at least, um, you know, in terms of what guys were playing over in England, they were, they weren't playing poker. And, and all I know is that there was, uh, there's a decent amount of money being exchanged between guys and, and not, yeah, not, not one that I wanted to get involved in. I, I wasn't ready for that. Um, but no, there've been, there've been some poker tables, uh, with our, with our national team, uh, with guys playing. And, and so, yeah, we have a good time and a good laugh. Very, very cool. Uh, yeah. So I do, I do want to take some, some questions because I know we're gonna, you got to get running here pretty quick, but we have a, a lot of engagement. Also want to give a shout out to the, uh, the month of September, <coughs> the, uh, kick childhood cancer. I think that's something your initiative you're involved with the MLS is involved with, uh, over here. And could you maybe just say what that is exactly? Yeah, for sure. The month of September is, is childhood cancer month and, and trying to bring awareness. Um, and so I believe it's $25 every time the, uh, the, uh, the hashtag kick childhood cancer is, is tweeted out. Um, and so, uh, in partnership with Conti- continental tire. And so, yeah, um, just trying to bring awareness and, and, you know, when we're able to do things like this and, and, because of obviously COVID, but normally we would be going out to hospitals, visiting with kids, um, engaging with them face to face, trying to bring a smile to the, to their faces in, in such difficult times that they're going through, whether they've, they've already beat cancer, they're fighting cancer or have just been diagnosed. So, um, yeah, that's something that's close to, to my heart, but also close, close in terms of, uh, what the league's trying to do as well. Very nice. And, and, uh, just before we take a few questions, what is the COVID uh, impact with your community in general? How has Atlanta been doing? Do you notice that when you're 
do people are they wearing masks are they social distancing are restaurants bars like what's the what's the overall landscape of atlanta at least from what you've you've perceived yeah i mean i i think you know you everyone wants to to try to get back to some sort of normalcy as quick as possible but at the same time you know i think wearing masks social distancing doing all the things that that certainly can help us get back to normalcy that much quicker um you know people are certainly taking those initiatives here in atlanta uh but at the same time i i also know that it's difficult and and there have been so many thousands and thousands of people affected by this um and so it's something that isn't going to change overnight it's something that we have to continue to to push forward with and, and continue to to help each other so that, uh, like I said, ultimately at some point we can get back to, to some sort of normalcy. Awesome. All right. Makes, makes a lot of sense. Well, all right, let's dive into, uh, a few, a few questions here and then we'll, uh, we'll do a giveaway. If you guys want to ask a question, we are going to give away $109, uh, just for some engagement. If you guys want to go ahead and, and, and ask a question, you're going to be eligible. Just follow the instructions and anything else before we take questions that you want to mention, any shout outs, any, any, uh, any, advice or, or suggestions to the youth anyone who wants to become a professional soccer player do you have any inspirational words tips i i don't i don't I, I guess i would say just just continue to work hard you know it, nothing in life is easy whether you want to be a professional soccer player a doctor a lawyer um professional poker player whatever whatever you want to do um it's going to it's going to take hard work it's going to take a little bit of luck um but you have to you have to persevere and and, and be strong uh both mentally and 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 be able to 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 go out there and, and give everything you have for for ultimately trying to achieve your dreams beautiful all right i love it so there it is so let's go let's dive into the the streets here we'll take a couple questions just give me a warning when i know you got to get going here pretty soon so we'll, yeah, no we'll take a look i saw some some interesting ones um okay there's some poker questions again i don't want some guys that i think are confused they don't know like this is yeah brad is not a professional <laughs> poker player by any means he, he's just very 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 minimally dabbled at all uh for actually, sure person didn't i never got along like i'll say this in my whole career you know i was captain of my wolves team i was always every coach I got along with swimmingly and Burson. I just, I think he didn't love that. I played poker. I think he knew <laughs> the Bible belt, you know, South Carolina, the untraditional. And here's this kid comes in and I was wheeling and dealing and playing and some of the guy, whatever. I just feel like we never hit it off, but um, I don't know. But how was my great Mike Brad? We played a little, I mean, I didn't play, but in practice and scrimmage, I, I ripped a couple ones on you. Uh, no, I, I'll, I'll give you credit. You, you, you definitely had a, you had a bit in the locker. So fair play. I was I was slow. I wasn't much of an athlete, but I went <laughs> up and down. Um, all right, let's see. There was a question about rating these goalkeepers. If you had to choose between these three, which would be the best goalkeeper for you? We got Gigi Buffon, uh, Casillas, and and Newer. What do you who are Right, but give me some of those. Where do you rank those? Wow, I mean, talk about three of the the, the greatest goalkeepers. Uh, yeah, I mean. In this, I don't even know if I could put him in order. I mean, I think in terms of Neuer, he's changed the position. I think a, a bit in terms of his starting positions, some of the some of the you know the 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 plays where he's running out of the box and he's doing this and he's doing that. So I, I think he, I'm gonna I'm gonna put him and Casillas on the same level. And the only reason Gigi's behind them is because he doesn't have the champions league, mm. but I mean, listen, he's won everything in the game. He's won the world cup. I mean, those are those, those three right there are, are, are top, top goalkeepers. Yeah. That's a, that's a strong, a strong uh, pedigree. Um, let's see. There's some, some crazy questions. Uh, favorite European football team and why? Um, I never really had like, you know, this is my diehard team that I support uh, again, you know, being 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 an American in the U.S. growing up as a kid, there weren't many European games on TV, um, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the the club that that you know basically groomed me and and, and made me the professional that I am, and, and I'm gonna say Aston Villa. You know, it's a it's a club that that I watch you know dearly in terms of of their their current games, their current status, where they're at, the signings that they make. Um, you know, to, to be able to see someone like Jack Grealish who, who broke into the first team when I was still there, uh, to see Jack doing so well, um, to see where the club is in terms of the survival from last year to, to now two and in the Premier League, um, off to a good start. Yeah. I, I think, you know, that's a, a club that, you know, my, myself and at least my oldest son, 
you know, we, we watch those games and, you know, he's got some of the chance down and he's got his pajama set from, from when we were there. And yeah, so uh, I'm going to say Aston Villa. Very nice. Yeah, there's uh definitely, I mean, I, that name, they are, that's a strong, strong club. You got to make sure you give Nigel my number, tell him hello. I haven't talked to him in over a decade, but we will do. Back we'll do. Guy, what a character. Um, yeah, do you remember your first goal? Like, do you remember playing as a youth? Cause I guess you did score goals. You used to play in the pitch. Do you have like memories from your first ever games as a, as like a rack reckoned or. No, I mean, I, I, I don't remember any play specifically. I, you know, when I was a kid and probably when I was four or five years old, I had this like black and white photo of me playing on the field and, and playing AYSO and, um, you know, running down the, it's a still photo obviously, but I'm running down the field and I'm head and shoulders above all the other kids. And I mean, that that's just like the, the pure joy and the excitement of the game. And, you know, even now when I watch my son go to soccer practice, my daughter, she just started soccer uh, and, and I watch them playing and, and running around the field. I mean, that's what it's about, the enjoyment of the game, falling in love with the sports. And and so that's, uh, yeah, for me, that's what it's all about. Do, do your, are your kids at that age now? Do they know you're a big deal in terms of the, like in, with soccer, do they know you're like playing professionally and do kids at school like, oh, that's cool, like let's watch it and that's like awesome or do they – do they not really understand like that? that no, they, my oldest, my oldest Aiden, he, he, he knows and, and realizes, you know, what's kind of happening. Um, he tells me at times, you know, you know, the other, a couple of weeks ago to sports day, didn't want anything to do with uh, a U.S. national team Jersey. Didn't want anything to do with a, an Atlanta United Jersey. He wanted to wear his, uh, his YMCA Jersey. And so he wanted to wear his soccer Jersey. I said, absolutely, buddy, go for it. Um, and so, you know, he's telling me there's other kids wearing Atlanta United stuff, but and I said that that's awesome. You know, that, that made me super proud that, that he wanted to wear his Jersey and it was about him. Um, and we'll be out at, at, you know, whether the grocery store or a restaurant or, or wherever, and, and he'll see Atlanta United, somebody wearing Atlanta United gear and he'll be like, daddy, daddy, Atlanta United, Atlanta United. So he definitely gets it. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty sweet. Do you, do you have a, do you, well, how the, the season's pretty new then the MLS season, correct? Is it for this? No, season? we're, we're, we just hit the halfway point, but I mean, they shorten the season and right. so right. we, we've got like, I think there's probably eight or nine games left and then there'll be playoffs after that. So, um, yeah, it's, have, uh, do you have a game against Miami, uh, coming at any, do you know, we do, we, we do. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not sure if they're having fans, a lot of the stadiums, they're not having fans yet, but, uh, but at some point, yeah, if, uh, if we're back down there, we'll, uh, we'll look to get together. Yeah, that, that, I gotta get I, when I'm back. I, if I I'll look at the schedule, that'd be cool to to uh, try to meet up there for sure. Um, well, and a couple more here before we'll let you go. I know you, I told you I'm not. You gotta tell. You gotta give me a sign. I'm not all good. All good. Uh, um, what uh, what about uh, pregame rituals, superstitions, weird stuff? Do you have any pregame stuff you like to do? Socks, lucky things, rabbit foot, what anything? Uh, I'll be I'll be honest. I'm, I'm not very superstitious in that standpoint. Um, I don't need to put my left shoe on before my right or or my right sock on before my left sock. Um, you know, I try to stay calm. I try, try to stay relaxed, focus on on the game, on the opposition, on their attacking players, on what we're trying to do. Um, and so, yeah, nothing nothing too crazy. Sorry to disappoint. No, I mean, no, I think that's good. That's, uh, I like it. I like that there's, you know, you don't – I I, th- I think it's funny when people have that stuff, but um, I, I no, it's good. That's good you don't. Uh, what about penalty kicks? Do you do, like, research studying? What type of game film and, and work are you doing when you go into a game? Because, you know, I was thinking it's similar to poker where, you know, my dad actually asked me this question. He was saying, does Brad – study and know which way the guy's going but it's similar to poker like you got to be balanced right like I, i'm sure ronaldo and Messi and he's got they don't go left every time of course right. so like you do, do do any work in terms of tendencies uh what 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 is the let's start with that and then the next question i have a follow-up for but do, do you do do any stuff yeah like, no like, definitely yeah we look at we look at video we look at obviously penalties you know, not even just specific to penalties. We look at attacking movements um, through the run of the play and, and throughout the game. Um, so there's certainly video in, in your your understanding what certain attacking players like to do, left-footed, right-footed. Uh, but in terms of penalties, yeah, I mean, you, you, you watch them take penalties. You watch uh, what their tendencies are. But at the same time, players are so good now where they can – they can go 20 times to the right and they can do everything the same. And on that 21st time, they can go to the left uh, and they could disguise it so, so well. So um, uh, it's certainly a little bit of luck involved, but at the same time, you, you try to prepare yourself as best as possible. Yes. And and what would be, what what is 
the most difficult player to play against? Because I guess that's that's part of the truth of playing the national team, playing internationally, playing the Premier League. You've played against some of the biggest names, the toughest strikers, the, the best players in the world. What to you is the most difficult to to play against? Guy that is a forward with the rocket foot. Is it someone that's that's uh you know that that, shoot, that releases quickly? What's as a goalkeeper the hardest to to play against? As a, I think as a, some somebody in terms of their movement. So for me, you know, somebody like Sergio Aguero. You know, you never know where he is in the box. His movement's so good. He could be at the near post, the far post. He's able to hold up the ball in terms of you know he's he's small but he's strong. Um, he's got a low center of gravity, so he's quick on the turn. He's got a quick release with his with his shot. He can he can shoot left foot, right foot. Um, and I've seen him pop up a, a time or two and, and score with his head. So you know, like I said, his movement is is very good and, and someone that you've always got to try to keep an eye on when 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 the other team is uh, is coming down the field to attack. Is there any, and again, this would probably be more about luck and, and just randomness, but is there any guy, like, is there a couple of players that have just, you've played against and for whatever reason they've scored, you, you know, noticeably more goals than any other player. Like maybe some guys have scored one, two, three against you, but over your career in the premiership that just like, they just like, you're like, oh shit, we're playing. What's the <laughs> and probably get a bucket. You know what? I, I don't have, I don't have those names and I'm sure there's people out there that, that will let me know those names. If, uh, if there are some, uh, like I said, I, I'm, I'm shaking out of your head right away. You don't even exactly. Know. I'm sure. I'm sure they're out there. Uh, I'm sure probably Sergio Aguero is probably up there. Um, but like I said, you know, the, the our our people on Twitter will will certainly let me know if uh, if if they can find out. And and what about uh, give me some big names you've you've played? I would imagine it's it's a it's a lot. But have you battled? Have you have you been uh, against Ronaldo, Messi, in those na- national team matchups or any other cups or tournaments? Have you played against some of the the, the biggest names in the game at the moment right now? Have you, have you battled with a lot of those guys? Yeah. Um, I- no, I've, I've, I've been lucky in that aspect, uh, lucky or unlucky, the, the, whichever way you look at it, uh, I've been on the field against Messi. Um, again, I'm sure people will, will bring up the gift of, uh, the gift of his free kick in the Copa America. Um, you know, one that I've seen probably too many, too many times to count. Um, you know, I've, I've been on the, on the bench when we play Portugal in the world cup and, and to see Ronaldo. And, um, and so I've been very lucky in, in that aspect, you know, but at the same time, you're not looking at these guys in awe. And, and I think it's something I will look back on once I'm done playing. And, and once I'm finished competing, um, you know, when, when you, face these guys in a game or, or, you know, you're going up against these guys. Um, you're looking at them. Of course, they've got talent. Of course, they've got skill, but you're looking at them as a competitor and, and, and wanting to, to beat them and win and get the better of them and, and try to do everything you can to, to put them off and, and allow yourself and the team to be successful. So you're not looking at them with these, these huge eyes. You're looking at them, um, in a sense of, of wanting to, 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 to beat them and, and, and win plain and simple. Absolutely. Is, uh, is that, uh, in the, the world cup, the next is 2022. Um, it's, I guess in Qatar, is that yep. right? And they, they're, they're making a move it to the, the winner. Is that the correct? winner? Yeah. I think it's going to be like November beginning of December time or something like that. Yeah. Makes yeah, because I mean it would be like the the AC on the field and it'd be like 120 during the summer. <laughs> crazy, crazy. For summer. sure. What are your thoughts on that? And and what is give me two things. Will you be potentially participating in that? Is that site right? What is the current pecking order of goalie pedigree right now? Like where is you know Tim Howard is I think he retired. Is that right? From yep, goal- yep, yep, he's finished. Yeah. I mean, listen, you know, I, I I think I've always said, you know, being a part of the national team again is the greatest honor. It's one of my greatest achievements to be able to represent our country. And as long as I'm fit and able, I, I'll I'll put myself up for selection. But that's ultimately down to the manager. The manager has to to make those decisions. Um, and, and if my name and number is called, fantastic. If not, then you you wish those guys all the best. Um, you know, for me, it's about competing. It's it's about um, stepping on the field and, and helping your teammates. And so, again, the greatest honor to be able to represent your country and and to be a part of a World Cup. Um, you know, I, I've been fortunate enough to, to be a part of two of them. Um, and so only, only time will tell, I can't predict the future. We'll, we'll kind of have to, to see how it all plays out. And, but like right now there's friendlies going on qualifying starts where, where is the current 
situation with the national team are you are you is there are you are you going to games are you part of is like i because I, it always sort of like rotates or how there's like a pool right of 30 40 50 i don't know like guys that train and kind of they, they they bring in and out depending on people's schedules or what games or friendlies you know who participates when is the last national team game you participated in and and are you currently involved with the program like how, how does that work yeah i mean i i would certainly say i'm part of the program i mean uh, i think they the last games I, I I couldn't even I think last fall were the Nations League games that that I was a part of. Um, but at the same time, this you know the the the, the COVID, um, co- yeah, it's it's been crazy for everybody. And so the national team, we were supposed to have a game in October. That's been that's been uh, you know postponed. Uh, and I think the next set of games will be in November. Um, so we'll kind of have to wait to see how those kind of play out. But then qualifying, I believe, is going to start. Uh, next, I think next August, um, there'll be a gold cup in the summer. Um, there'll be nations league, uh, leading up to that. So they'll, they'll certainly be some games starting again in the spring. Um, and then, uh, then qualifying will start to, like I said, I think August or September, and then, uh, the world cup will be the following year. So it'll be a condensed schedule, but, uh, certainly one that will be exciting for, for everyone involved in U.S. soccer. If you if you if you're if you are on the team there, man, I'm gonna, I, which I believe you will be. I have every <laughs> belief that you will be. I want to get over there to Qatar. That sounds like quite a quite a experience. I don't know how much there's to do there, but it sounds like kind of fun. I, I haven't uh, I went to I haven't been to a World Cup in a while, but the um, it is it's a, it's a great experience. So that'd be that'd be fun. I got a good feeling USA is gonna have a, a good performance. What what about I just saw his name pop up. Someone in the chat live here asked about Tony Miola. What are your Tony Miola? He was the, he was like the OG USA for sure, there. for what's sure. What's his deal these days? You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's he's doing some radio and some commentary, and and you know, I I've been lucky enough to to get to know Tony, and I remember as a kid having having his gloves Miola on the wristband, uh, you know, so the to be able to see him and and just talk soccer and talk shop with him. Yeah. I mean, again, another American goalkeeper that was, was phenomenal. And I think he played into his early forties, if I'm not mistaken, but um, yeah, such a, such a good guy, such a good dude. Very cool. All right, let's take so, one more and then we'll let you run because I know you were already. I already. I already kind of. I'm just. Not, you're too nice a guy. You're not even going to cut me <laughs> off. But I'm gonna. Um, we'll do one more. We'll do one more. One more here. Uh, well, okay. This is sort of. Uh, what What would you say is the mo- the best thing about being a professional athlete? I guess so- a soccer player. What have you taken away from your experience? Um, in the industry, in the sport that, that has been the most uh, impactful for you, the thing that you cherish the most about your career that you've, that you've taken away from, from, from doing this for a living? Aside from, aside from, you know, representing our country, aside from playing in the Premier League, um, for me, the one, one of the, the, the greatest gifts that this sport has given me has been the ability to travel the world and, and see the world, to see different cultures, to see how the world impacts other countries, um, you know, or to, to see how the, the sport impacts other countries and, and what it means to those countries, um, you know, to, to just take it all in and, and, and just get different life experiences um, all because of soccer, because of football. It, it's something that I'll be forever grateful for. That's, that's, I mean, that's, to me, it's the same with poker, actually, exact same thing, the travel, the experience of like thing, you know, there's things that maybe you could do, get more money or have done or be whatever doctor, lawyer, trading something. But really, I think like life experience wise, when you get to travel and, and do a lot of meet interesting people and go places, that's, uh, there's nothing more you could, you could do. Uh, all for right, sure. we're, gonna do, we're gonna do this giveaway. I'm going to let you, it's for $109. I'm going to have you. Uh, click. You tell me when we're gonna click the button. I'm gonna copy this link. Let me show you what's going on here. So I'm gonna okay. do this. This is nice. You know, nice to give it, pay it forward. Plus, I welcome everyone, please, to uh, retweet this as well and put the or you know go. Or, I don't think you have to retweet. I think you just have to tweet with uh, kick childhood cancer and then tag that right here continental tire and they will donate $25 for everyone that does that uh through the month of september which we're, we're, we're running out of time there but if you guys want to do that that would be great uh we'll do this giveaway and then the last thing i will ask you it's not a question but just want to know about have you alumni game south carolina i get the emails i haven't been able to get back 
just timing wise are we is after maybe after it's hard probably during your you can't really go you with during the you know it's inner inner locks with your season and now you're back at least in the u.s is there an alumni game can we get aisle can we get mac and can we get the guys back would you would you go to one of those uh, in the future Do i, 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 I don't, see mark burson too it's i don't i don't even know if i qualify i mean i get the emails but i don't even know if i qualify after you know after only being there a year and a half so um i don't know if tech, technically I, i'm i'm allowed in I, I would I would uh, be willing to wager they would accept your <laughs> your uh, your presence at that. Perfect, uh, you know, perfect. You log more minutes than the most of the guys though that that been there. Me for sure. That's <laughs> so, all good. So that's uh, okay. Hopefully one day we could do an alumni game. I, I haven't. I, you know, honestly, I actually went for Spencer Lewis. Um, maybe he was a year after you left, but he's a great player, great, great guy. He went to his wedding in Augusta. And we I went back to. Carolina we went met there and drove there and the it was pretty phenomenal what they've done I mean the the you wouldn't even recognize it I don't know if you you probably haven't been back since you left because you know unless uh but it it just the athletic centers the fields the pitch the stadium they've done unbelievable amount of um, additions there so um Strom Thurmond Center I remember that that was a really nice facility though they had some good stuff man that was that was good times but let's do this I'm gonna roll it you count it down on three I'll say you you tell me when I'm gonna go ahead and roll it and someone's gonna win and then we're gonna let you enjoy the rest of your day so perfect go boom someone's got 109 coming their way we're gonna message them courtesy of brad and uh and and for coming on the podcast it's, it's loading it's going someone's gonna win it and uh brad any closing statements any when's your next game what's what's coming up here with um uh we, we play saturday wayne away to uh to dc so a massive game for us uh, hopefully three points on the horizon but uh yeah man great to catch up appreciate you having me on and uh yeah, all the best to you and, and all of your success. Congrats, man. I appreciate it. And uh, again, Brad, thank you so much. Hopefully we go more than every 15 years for, for uh, sure. For uh, sure. I, you know, I do message. I keep an eye on your career. And uh, if you come down in the future, I would love to, to meet up and, and have dinner, check, check in. And again, this will be out on all the various outlets. This is a poker predominant audience. So again, I appreciate you doing this and I hope you guys learned something about, about Brad, about soccer, about the U S and, and it's, uh, it's rise to, to hopefully win a world cup here in the next uh, decade or two. So um, Brad, thanks again. And we'll, we'll, uh, we'll catch up soon. Appreciate it, man. Be well. Take care. Right, you too. Thanks guys. That's thanks. Brad Man, podcast number 92, uh, a storied career still going, still representing the USA and we will, uh, we'll be following them closely and uh, always rooting for Atlanta, Aston Villa and the U S as a, as a teams to follow. So thanks again. And we will, we'll, we'll see you guys for a podcast on Friday. Thanks for listening to this episode. It was brought to you in partnership with party poker. Go to partypoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes.